Thank you to the cable and satellite companies who provide C-SPAN to viewers as a public service. We take you live now to Waco, Texas, where former president and current Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump is to deliver remarks at his first official campaign rally of the 2024 election season.
republic for which it stands, everybody that song tells you a lot because it's number one in every single category number two was taylor swift number three was molly cyrus so we have our moment and that tells you that uh, our people love those people they love those people and it's an honor to be here i say hello texas a big hello to texas we have tremendous victories in texas and it's great to be back in this beautiful and incredible state with thousands of proud, hardworking American patriots. And from deep in my heart, thank you for your prayers and thank you for your love and thank you for that incredible, overwhelming support that we've had, Mr. Lieutenant Governor. Thank you very much. Been my friend for a long time, Dan. Thank you. Before we begin, I also want to express our sadness and send our prayers to everyone in Mississippi and Alabama who's been touched by the devastating tornadoes. Today, a lot of people were killed. We love you all for seven years. You know that we've all been fighting together. Those people were fighting with us too, no longer with us. Devastating. But for seven years, you and I have been taking on the corrupt, rotten, and sinister forces trying to destroy America. And they've been trying to destroy it. They're not going to do it. But they do get closer and closer with rigged elections. They get closer and closer. We've been the ones in this fight standing up to the globalists, standing up to the Marxists and communists. That's what they are. We don't even talk about the socialists anymore. The train left that station a long time ago. Standing up to the warmongers, the stupid warmongers, and the neocons and the rhinos, the big money special interests, the open border fanatics, crazy people. Standing up to the fake news media, look at all of them there. It's a big group, big group. 
But they don't want to tell the truth. That's why most of them are going down the tubes. You look at what's happening with media. They're going down the tubes because they don't want to tell the truth. They don't want to talk about what's happening with the laptop from hell. They don't want to talk about those things. And that's what's happening to them. But the vultures of the sellouts who got rich, bleeding America dry. Our opponents have done everything they can to crush our spirit and to break our will. But they failed. They've only made us stronger. And 2024 is the final battle. That's going to be the big one. You put me back in the White House, their reign will be over, and America will be a free nation once again. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them. They know that. You know, there's never been a movement like this in the history of our country, probably in the history of almost every country. MAGA, make America great again, America first, call whatever you want. But I will tell you, there's never been in history, look at this crowd, as far as the eye can see, we flew over, it was a beautiful sight, as far as the eye can see. And I did tell your great lieutenant governor, I said, you know, Dan, let's not do one of those 50-50 areas or an area we're a little behind. Let's go right into the heart of it. Come on, let's go. Let's go where we were close to 100%, right? That's what we did. But as far as the eye can see, the abuses of power that we're currently witnessing at all levels of government will go down as among the most shameful, corrupt, and depraved chapters in all of American history. It's happening right before your eyes. But we're going to end up winning. The Biden regime's weaponization of law enforcement against their political opponent is something straight out of the Stalinist Russia horror show. And, you know, we go Stalinist Russia. That's what it was. This was where it seems to have begun from the standpoint of us watching it in semi-modern day history. You go back to communist China or look at a third world Banana Republic, that's what we've become. Between our borders, our elections, and the weaponization of law enforcement, Banana Republic, that's what we have become. Let there be no doubt the injustices being done, not only to me, but to dozens across our country will not stand, and we're not going to stand for it. When this election is over, I will be the President of the United States. vindicated and proud and the thugs and criminals who are corrupting our justice system will be defeated, discredited and totally disgraced. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. From the beginning, it's been one witch hunt and phony investigation after another. And you know, because of it, our country never talks about greatness anymore. You look at what China does, they go all over the world, they spend money, they take over governments, they do a lot of things. And we're always looking, we got crazy people like Schiff, Shifty Schiff, and Hillary, and all of these people. These people, they don't want to talk about greatness for our country. All they want to do is 
investigate everybody, but they are the ones that are really under investigation. I also want to thank the Republican Congress because, you know, people can be critical, but they are working so hard. Jim Jordan, James Coleman, he's become a great star. These are great people. They're putting themselves at risk because they take a lot of abuse, but they're doing something that we haven't seen in Washington in 25 years. So I want to just thank those two and many people that are working with them. In my case, every piece of my personal life, financial life, business life, and public life has been turned upside down and dissected like no one in the history of our country, Marjorie, I think we can say, right? I don't think we can find anybody. They even got the Supreme Court of the United States to give them my tax returns, something that was never supposed to happen. Legal scholars say that's a shocker. And everything they wanted about me, they got every single thing they wanted about me. The Supreme Court said, oh, give it to the prosecutors. That's okay. He only appointed three of them. Not a lot of, you know, we don't want loyalty. We want what's right. But it's sort of strange, isn't it? Give them everything they want. They actually came down with run ruling that, no, no, you can't do that to presidents, but to Trump you can. To Trump you can. And we've been a special administration, and we have special people. There's nobody like the people we have. They're the smartest. They're the best. These are the most. Look at all the money they're sitting over here. They're all over. because. And you know what? They made that money the old-fashioned way. You're right. Front Row Joe. The Front Row Joes will never forget them. And my friends from North Carolina, who are unbelievable, beautiful, incredible women, incredible people, they travel all over. What is this, like, number 93, I think, right? Number 93. Oh, they go, no, actually, more. But we appreciate it. 101, Front Row Joe, 101, all the Joes. But the Supreme Court is afraid, just like Republicans are afraid, to do something about what has happened. And they have to fight. The Supreme Court didn't have the courage to right the wrong of the 2020 election. They knew what was going on. Tax returns were always considered sacred. Lawyers, in their own way, if you can believe this, were considered sacred. Today, lawyers go before grand juries all over this place if they happen to be lawyers representing Republicans. And they treat lawyers like they're criminals. It used to be if you had a lawyer... The lawyer was somebody that was very much considered from the standpoint of what we're talking about above reproach. Now they get thrown in with everybody else, and it's a very unusual situation that's taking place. And again, legal scholars can't believe what they're witnessing. And yet after going over 11 million pages of documents, I built a great company. They've got nothing. They've got nothing. Think of it. 11 million pages. And my tax returns on top of it, and they're a big return. It probably makes me the most innocent man in the history of our country. Friends of mine say that. Very successful friend of mine said, you know what? President, on page three, they got me. Got 11 million pages we gave over to various groups, including Congress. The new weapon being used by out-of-control, unhinged Democrats to cheat on election is criminally investigating a candidate, bad publicity and all. You get bad publicity. 
It's the craziest thing. I got bad publicity and my poll numbers have gone through the roof. Would you explain this? Explain that to me, Dan. Mr. Congressman, you got to explain it to me because nobody else has ever heard of it. But you know what? It gets so much publicity that the case actually gets adjudicated in the press. And people see it's bullshit. And they go and they say, it's unfair. But it takes place by the Department of Injustice and their local henchmen at the AG and DA's offices throughout the country. They, you know, they use the local offices like in New York City, like in Atlanta, like in Chicago and Los Angeles. They make lives miserable, destroy their families and friends, even though they know these people are innocent. In many cases, they're patriots. They're not guilty of anything, and yet they have to go through hell. And if you're running for office, even Dan, but I don't think they'd ever go after him. But we have some great congressmen that probably they wouldn't go after because they're too clean. They're the cleanest people I've ever met. They come from Texas. They have to be clean. But let's say they're not that well known. They're doing a good job, and an investigation has started into one of these many great people. They're going to lose their race. They're going to lose their race. And they do it all the time. They're using investigations now instead of because it's harder for them to stuff the ballot boxes of which they stuff plenty. You know, uh, Marjorie is here, truth to vote. And they found at least five million instances on tape. And the courts didn't want to even look at it. The district attorney of New York, under the auspices and direction of the Department of Injustice in Washington, D.C., was investigating me for something that is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. I never liked horse face. I never liked it. It's just not. It's a terrible thing. That wouldn't be the one. There is no one. We have a great first lady. She's done an incredible job. Not an era, not anything. They have nothing. And yet it went on and on and on. It continues to. He stacked his office with D.C. operatives, a man named Matthew Colangelo, one of the top people in the Department of Justice, was moved into the Manhattan DA's office to make sure that Trump got taken care of. They couldn't get it done in Washington, so they said, let's use local offices. So they have Colangelo, the, the top, just about the top, one of the top people under the Attorney General Garland, and they sent him into New York to be in the Manhattan office. Can you imagine that? In order to prosecute and do everything he could to get rid of Trump, because you know our poll numbers are through the roof. I guess you've seen that. They don't like it. They don't like it. We won in 2016. We won by much more in 2020, but it was rigged. You know, in 2020, I got the most votes of any sitting president in history. We won the most counties in the United States in the history of our country. Many, many, many times more than Biden won. And yet, they said we lost. 
So what we have to do is swamp them this time. The one thing that, that really does prevail, I heard all of your different speakers talking about what to do. We used to like to hold out on Tuesday till Tuesday, and everybody goes in and votes, and then in some cases you go in and vote, and the machines are all broken. That's what they do to you. That's what they did to some very special people. You know that. They had a state, a certain state. Everybody was so proud. Republicans like to vote on Tuesday. They went in and the machines, a lot of the machines were broken. So they had to stand in line for 10 hours and more. And actually, many of them never got to vote. That's what they do. They always seem to find an answer. It's what they're good at. They're good at stealing, lying. They're good at keeping borders open. They're good at no voter ID. Why don't they want voter ID? Think of it. You know, 88% of the Democrats want voter ID, but not the leadership. There's only one reason you don't want voter ID, because you want to cheat on elections. And the Republicans cannot take it any longer. They have to get tougher, but they cannot take it. These Washington Republicans, like Mitch McConnell, is the absolute worst. They've got to get tougher. they got to get, like, Marjorie Telegram, you happen to be. Would you like to run for the Senate? No, we'll fight like hell for you. I tell you. Where's Matt Gates? I heard his speech. Oh, Matt. Look at that. Boy, he laid it out there, didn't he? I said, you know, I was watching it. I said, you know, maybe he's got a little too far. And then I realized, no, he hasn't. That's really... He's given some very good facts, and people like it. That's why he wins his district by a tremendous amount. Well, they weaponized him, too. They weaponized him. They made up phony charges, and he went through two years of hell. Then he turned out to be a brave guy. It is a good test, you have to say that, Ben. It's a hell of a test. We learn about people. It's almost like going to school, taking a test. He got an A-plus of that test. I made him that. They took the word of a proven liar, a convicted felon, and a disbarred lawyer, all the same person, believe it or not. You wouldn't think that could go to one person. It would be three, four, five. Over some of the most respected and prestigious people in the country and in New York City, some of the most respected lawyers testifying against. They looked at all of these pages of documents, they went back to old cases that were summarily rejected by many prosecutors, highly respected prosecutors, Democrat prosecutors all, before including, and I will tell you, the existing prosecutor who said, this case doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. All of a sudden, pressure got put on him by Washington, D.C. And the case that didn't make sense, he said, let's go get Trump. They even had numerous prosecutors who resigned because I was being treated unfairly. That made me feel so good when I heard that. Think of it. People actually in a Democrat area, Democrat office, they resigned. Did you know that? They resigned. A lot of them resigned the office because they said, you can't treat a man like this. He didn't do anything wrong. But the two lead prosecutors, absolute human scum. One, a Hillary Clinton lawyer from a Hillary Clinton law firm. you believe that? How about a guy who represents Hillary Clinton? He's in a law firm that represents Democrats. It's headed up by Chuck Schumer's brother, this law firm, Robert Schumer. Think of this. Now think of this. And he calls up the 
prosecutor, he, think of this, he calls up the district attorney of Manhattan. He said, I'd like to come and work for free. I'm going to leave. I represent Hillary Clinton. We represent the DNC, the Democrat Party. I don't even know if you know this. And he said, I want to work for free. He's a bad guy. Known as a bad guy. I want to work for free to get Trump. And they bring him into the office. He becomes the head prosecutor. Then you had another one similar. And then he goes out and he quits because the head of the office, who I respected, but then he went bad because he came to pressure. But the head of the office said, no, we can't get him on anything. He didn't do anything wrong. Changed his mind a little bit on a couple of little things, but that's okay. He was under a great deal of pressure. Now I understand that he's made up his mind that he agrees with his original feeling that we did nothing wrong. But how about this? A guy leads private practice representing Hillary Clinton, goes for no salary, no anything. He goes into the district attorney's office to prosecute Donald Trump. He doesn't get what he wants, so he leaves the office in a huff, and he writes a book. And the book is published during the case ongoing. And I will say this, he has been absolutely killed by the media, even the fake news media back there. A lot of them I see. And they say that in itself is enough reason that that should have stopped a long time ago. So he goes in and he writes a book and he makes money off a book telling what went on with the grand jury. What do you think of that, Mr. Lieutenant Governor? you think that's fair? Sounds like a fair system. It's a rigged system. Like we had a rigged election, we have a rigged system. And you almost have to say, what has our country come to? Review after review, even by the biggest, greatest legal scholars, some of whom don't like Trump, like Alan Dershowitz said, I don't want to vote for Trump. I never voted for Trump. I don't believe him. Actually, I think he does, but he does that to give himself a little credibility with his friends and Democrats. I think he votes for me personally, but he even said, he said in 60 years of practicing law, it's the worst abuse I've ever witnessed. I've never seen anything like it. There's no case here, but I've never, that's Alan Dershowitz, a Democrat. Greg Jarrett who's a great scholar, great scholar, great guy. He came out with reports that were so damning or so horrible to actually read it. But this is really prosecutorial misconduct. That's what it's called. The innocence of people makes no difference whatsoever to these radical left maniacs. It is worse, actually, in my opinion, hard to believe anything could be worse than this, but I think it's worse than ballot stuffing or media manipulation by the FBI working together with Twitter, Facebook, and the rest. Remember when that came out four weeks ago, that the FBI was working to make sure that nothing bad is said about Biden, but as much bad as possible is said about Trump. And, you know, that had more of an impact even than truth to vote with the ballot stuffing, where they caught ballots being stuffed on tape, all live on tape. So we have to stop them from cheating in elections, because if we don't win this next election, 2024, I truly believe our country is doomed. I think it's doomed. Prosecutorial misconduct is their new tool, and they are willing to use it at levels never seen before in our country. We've had it 
but we've never had it like this. We must stop them and we must not allow them to go through another election where they have yet another tool in their toolkit. Remember everything I've endured, all of the hits, all of the attacks, all of the assaults and pain of my loved ones. My loved ones have suffered far more than I have. I've, you know, I've almost, it's almost become like I go through Russia, 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 phony deal. Impeachment hoax number one, phony deal. Impeachment hoax number two, phony deal. The Mueller witch hunt, phony deal. By the way, it's determination after two and a half years, no collusion. There was no collusion with Russia. I could have told them that very easily. But they knew that because they had the laptop. And the laptop, the collusion, was with Biden and Hillary Clinton, who worked with them on the dossier paid for by Russia. They don't do anything about it. So I hear that, and you get a little bit, hardened to it. You get a little bit immune, but they do tremendously big damage to great people, your family members and your friends and your associates and people that work for you and everybody. But I never ran for office. If I never took on the deep state, so I never ran for office before. I mean, I ran one time and I won. I won. It happened to be for the presidency. So that's good. I had a senator come in to see me once a few years ago. He said, sir, you've only done this for one year. I've been running for office, sir, for 28 years. I ran for president a couple of times. I'm greatly experienced. I think you should listen to me. I said, well, I've only run one time. I've only been doing it for one year. And I became president of the United States. So... I want to listen to you. I don't want to listen to I don't want to listen to them. But if I never did run for office, if I never took on the deep state, if I never stood up to China like no other president has ever stood up before, you didn't even know China was a problem until I came along. China was ripping us off, making $600 billion a year, 600 billion. And I did a little tariff hunting with them and we took in hundreds of billions of dollars. I got the farmers of our country $28 billion because of the abuse that they had to take. The farmers love Trump. They keep saying, oh, I think the scientists can do okay with farmers. I don't think so. Based, based on polls, he's not doing okay with anything. Well, it's never good to try and destroy Social Security. It's never good to raise the minimum age to a very high level, which was not good, and to go against Medicare and try and obliterate it. These are a few of the good facts. It's also not good when you look statistically at how he did on COVID. Not well at all. He's in a very bad position. Or you look at how he does on crime. Not good. Not good. We have great Republican governors, actually. We did really much better. Who shut down their states for a very short time or, in some cases, didn't shut them down at all. I look at South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee. I mean, we had some states that did a phenomenal job with no shutdowns. You know, I gave them the right not to shut down. Not everybody. You didn't have to shut down. 
But in the case of Florida, they unfortunately did shut it down. They shut down the beaches. They shut down everything. So now that people are finding out about what happened, they're saying, man, he's dropping like a rock. And I wonder why. But, you know, you never like it when somebody comes. You say, I'm a loyalist. They say, sir, don't talk about that, sir. Because people don't want to hear that. But I do because I'm a loyal person. These people over here have been very loyal to me. Audrey, Matt, your Lieutenant Governor Dan, many of them sitting right here. Congressman, Congressman Wesley, that was a good speech you gave. But they've been very loyal. But I'm a loyalist. And, and when a man comes to me, tears in his eyes, he's at almost nothing in the polls. And he's fighting somebody that's at 42, and he's got almost $30 million in the bank. He said, almost nothing, he's got no cash. And I said, I can't give you an endorsement. There's no way you can win. You're dead. But he fought a little bit, like 150. He was certainly no Jim Jordan, that I can tell you. He fought a little bit, just a little bit, on impeachment hoax number one and impeachment hoax number two, meaning on television, because I didn't know him very well. But I saw him, so he came and he really wanted. I said, you can't win, can you? How do you can win? Sir, if you endorse me, I'll win. Please. Please, sir, endorse me. And I said, all right, let's give it a shot, because honestly, the Secretary of Agriculture, Adam Putnam, good man, but I never met him. I didn't know him, so I don't feel guilty about it. You know, if you don't know somebody, I wish I knew him, actually. You want to know the truth, I wouldn't have done this. So what happened is, I said, let's give it a shot, Ron. And I endorsed him, and he became like a rocket ship within one day. The race was over. He got the nomination. Then he had to run against a man that was the hottest in all of politics. He was the hottest person. Remember, it was him and Stacey Abrams, the two hottest people in the Democrat Party. So we laugh at him now, but at the time, he was one of the hottest people in politics, Matt, right? It comes from the state. That's very familiar with. Now, he turned out to be a crackhead. But I did rallies for Ron that were massive rallies, and they were very successful. So we got him the nomination. We then got him the election. He said, I don't think I can make it, because the other guy was really popular, believe it or not. He was going to be the next president of the United States, but that didn't work out too well. They caught him in a crack den. Of course, anything goes in politics today. He could maybe make it. Maybe he's going to make the comeback. Who knows? But think how bad Florida would be. Remember one thing. Florida has been tremendously successful for many years, long before this guy became governor. Florida was tremendously successful under Rick Scott. He was, look, whether you like him or not, Charlie Crist, he was very successful. He was a Republican at the time. But Florida has been successful for decades. In fact, probably as or more successful than it is now. But when a man, you know, you get him elected, and there's no quid pro quo. Get rid of that word. Remember those words? Quid pro quo with the perfect call I made with the Ukrainian president. But when you're getting a guy so he gets the nomination because of you, he wins the election because of you, two years later, the fake news is up there saying, will you run against the president? Will you run? And he says, I have no comment. I say, that's not supposed to happen. I have no comment. Now, so I'm not, I'm not a big fan, but 
My love, I love, that's why he's a disciple of Paul Ryan. He is actually a disciple. That's why he wanted to cut Social Security and Medicare. But I think we're doing really well. I mean, we're up at levels. I don't know if they have them on the screen, but they might put them up on the screen. The polls, the last four or five, actually the last month. Yeah. And put the other ones up. You'll see some numbers that are incredible. You'll see some numbers that are weak. Just had one today. 69 for Trump, and I think 18 or 19 for the sanctimonious. Yeah, we were at 69 and one today. But if I never fought the Marxists and the lobbyists and the rhinos and the open border zealots, if I never fixed our military and I rebuilt our entire military, we defeated ISIS. We took out al-Baghdadi. We took out Soleimani. We fixed our military and gave you the largest tax cut in the history of our country. We gave you the largest regulation cuts in the history of our country. That's why our businesses were doing so well, not now, unfortunately. And none of this persecution would have ever happened. In other words, if I didn't do all of that, I was leading this life. I didn't know what Sabina meant. Now I'm one of the kings. I can only exactly look at the color. I can tell you where that one came from. Well, that's a mess. Now, if I didn't do all that stuff, or if I was doing badly in the polls, instead of the numbers we were at 69 and 59 to a very small number, uh, it would, you know, they wouldn't be going after me. When they go after me, they're going after you. I left behind a magnificent life, and I stepped up to fight for America because... No one else would do it or would do it properly. That said it. seat of the house. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people have been hired from sitting back there. You know that? Those cameras are on them. They can't see what I'm doing. They can only see me from the back. I try and turn around. But they can see what powerful shoulders I have. But those cameras are on there for two hours. And every once in a while, a face will be so crazy, so good, so wild, that lots of good things happen for that person. So congratulations. See, they may have a better seat, but I'd rather have your seat. <laughs> Our front row Joe's over. Since that moment, all of the hatred, rage, and contempt the radical left has for you, your values, and this nation has been very much directed on me. And, again, they want you. They're not getting you. They're not even getting close. It's been a stream of lies and abuse that few people could ever imagine. Few people can imagine. I had a man come up to be a very famous man. Almost everybody probably would have heard of him. A businessman. I saw him about two weeks ago. He said to me, could I ask you? I never even liked him very much, to be honest. But he did say it. He said, could I speak to you for a second? Yeah. 
Mr. President, I'd like to ask you one question. How do you take it? I said, take what? How do you take the abuse? How do you wake up in the morning and put on your clothing? How do you put on a shirt? Every single day there, if that ever happened to me, I think I wouldn't know what to do. I said, well, then don't go into politics, but don't go into politics where you're going to make America great again, because you have a lot of people that don't want to see our country be great. It's hard to believe. But he did ask me that question. I have that question. That's one of the most often asked questions that I get. Leslie, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you get up in the morning? And I don't like it because it's such a negative thought. I'll start thinking about it. I don't want to think about it. Because if I think about it too much, I'll probably start agreeing with them. But I'm never, I'm never going to do that. But I've had, and I've borne all of this willingly. And I watch other people run for office. I mean, Mike Bloomberg spent $2.5 billion. He never got past the first question. Right? So. But I do it again because I love you and I love our country. Turned out to be false. 
very important what Tucker's done, what Sean has done, what Laura did. Laura did a piece last night that was incredible. And uh, Jesse, there's a group of people that have been absolutely fantastic. Greg Kelly has been great. Rob over there has been great. Newsmax just got its 15 million people back, which is great. Which is great. Newsmax, they, they tried to destroy Newsmax. What they've done to OAN is horrible, horrible. But they tried to destroy Newsmax, and through a lot of different things, they got it back. Direct TV, they didn't like it. And uh, they had very high ratings, and they took it off. That's something pretty unusual. But by while leftist thugs are allowed to roam the streets, killing, looting, burning, raping, and pillaging, patriotic parents, Christians, conservatives, pro-life activists are being hounded by the FBI and the DOJ like terrorists. They're being treated so badly. They're allowed to spy on my campaign and nothing happens. They're allowed to write up fake dossiers, send it around to everybody, and it turned out to be a total hoax. There was nothing true in it. It was done by the Democrats and crooked Hillary Clinton. But they persecuted us. Again, Joe Biden is a stone-cold criminal caught dead to right, and nothing happens to him. Forget the family. Nothing happens to him. Yesterday, the press reported that millions and millions of dollars came into his family's bank accounts from China. Can you imagine if that were me? How would I do if that were if China paid millions and millions, and you know, they had to describe the work for Jim Comer. They wanted to describe the work and uh, it didn't look too good because they had no idea why they got the money. They had no idea. Millions and millions of dollars coming in from China. The mainstream media didn't even pick up a tiny piece of that story. Can you believe it? You look at the mainstream media, they don't... They don't talk about it. They're right there. In fact, it was a very big... They don't talk about it. Amazing. You know, it's amazing because when I started, they had a very, very high popularity and approval rating. And now they're lower than Congress. Lower than, I'm very proud of that. I've... I've exposed, but they were never like this. Now they're deranged. They're, and not all of them. I'd say 10% of them are okay. But, but the 10% has, have a very hard time. They have a very hard time. And nobody can understand why a media would be against things where we want good education for our children, where we want, uh, where we want real strong military where we want low taxes and low regulations and good schools and good all it's it's just a crazy thing that they fight against and uh, for some reason the radical left i don't even think they know what they're doing i think they're probably they have so much hatred for our side they don't want to listen to the issues they don't want to listen to the policy but it's a very strange thing you know we had more requests today over 500 requests for media and i said that's nice but uh, probably by this point, about 90% of them. I think those red lights have gone off about 30 minutes ago. I watch it. You know, CNN, which has the lowest ratings in their history, because they're fake news. 
Anybody that has to hire Don Lemon has to be fictive. Don Lemon. You ever watch it like he fails in prime time? So they move him to the morning at a ridiculous salary, right? They probably paid him more. Why do they do that? Why don't they just hire somebody new? He can only do better. You should hire Matt Gates. Would you like to go? The weaponization of our justice system is not, as some have called it, a political spectacle. This is the central issue of our time. I think it's one of the biggest issues. And by the way, nobody called out China like Donald Trump. Nobody called out Russia like Donald Trump. And they want to know. Remember when they said, oh, he's soft on Russia. Putin said to me, if you're soft, I'd hate like hell to see you when you're tough. I called off. Remember, I ended Nord Stream 2. Nobody in this audience, nobody in Washington ever heard of Nord Stream 2. That's the pipeline. I ended the pipeline. I gave them hundreds and hundreds of javelins, whereas Obama gave them pillows. Maybe they got them from Mike Lindell. Did they buy them from you? Mike, I hope they didn't. You'll be under investigation tomorrow. No, they gave them pillows and sheets. I gave them javelins. And then they said, and you saw what those javelins did to their tanks. That wasn't pretty. But that was me that gave it to them. And then they said, Trump was soft. I saw it the other day. Some idiot was saying... Trump was actually soft on Russia. I ended, you know, I ended Nord Stream 2. The pipeline was done. And one of the first things that Biden did when he came back, and this is the biggest thing, that is the biggest development they've ever done. That was economic development. That was massive money. This was a pipeline going to Germany and all of Europe, spread all over Europe. I ended it. And I told Europe, if you aren't going to go along with me, then I'm not going to do any business because Europe is almost as bad as China having to do with trade. A lot of us come from Europe indirectly, directly and indirectly. So we love Europe, but they rip us off just like everybody. And I was very worried yesterday when I watched in Canada, Joe Biden talking about different deals they're making with Canada. I dealt with Trudeau and I dealt with some of his people. They treat us horribly on trade. And I'm watching these different deals that they're announcing. They are horrible, horrible deals for our country. They're great for Canada, but horrible, horrible deals for our country. But the destruction of the rule of law is a tremendous threat to Western civilization. And I say, I was asked the other day, and I took a little heat for it. They said, who's our biggest threat? Is it China, sir? Is it Russia? I said, no, our biggest threat are high-level politicians that work in the United States government, like Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, Justice Department, because that's poisoning our country. I can do things with China. I made the greatest trade deal in history with China. I don't even talk about it because sometime after that, fairly shortly, what happened with COVID, it was like, I didn't want to talk about a trade deal because no trade deal you make is going to ever. $50 billion, $50 trillion worldwide, think of it, trillion. $50 trillion is the damage done. China doesn't have anywhere near that money. Nobody has anywhere near that money. The damage they did, so I don't talk about it, but I had a great relationship with China. We put massive tariffs. We took hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars out of China. No other president took anything out of China, not 10 cents. But the only way to stop these arsonists, and that's what they are, is arsonists. And I really do believe, and they'll go right and say, oh, Trump, 
likes China more than he likes crazy Nancy Pelosi. But in many ways, these sick people are more of a threat because we can deal with China. I was beating China so badly, nobody's ever seen. We were lapping them. And then COVID came in. We had to go back. We did a great job. And when we unfortunately had to give up what we were doing, very sad, very sad, sad day for everybody in this audience and for, frankly, most of the country because we were doing so well. But the stock market was actually higher than it was just days before COVID was something that nobody ever saw came into our country. So we did have, we really rebuilt it twice. But if you go back to those earlier days, which wasn't that long ago, we had a country the likes of which nobody has ever done before. And China wasn't a threat. China was actually in deep trouble because we had all the power. We had this economic power that was used very judiciously, but we were winning and we were winning big. The problem isn't China. The problem is stupid people that have to deal with China. That's the problem. And that's what we have. And I watched Joe Biden yesterday in the halls of Parliament, Canadian Parliament, this beautiful Parliament that there's Trudeau with his beautiful wife, and they're sitting there laughing and laughing. They think it's so great because they pulled the wool over his eyes. The deals they made for that, that guy, I would never have made those deals. I would never. But I watched Joe Biden say, I'd like to thank China. And he's in Canada. And then he goes, oh, because they start screaming at him. The entire room starts laughing. I'd like to thank China. But he's in Canadian Parliament. He said, I mean, um, I mean Canada. The whole place, the whole place was laughing. They're laughing in our country. We don't want anyone to laugh. Nobody laughed in our country when I ran it, I can tell you that. The only way to stop these arsonists is to rebuke and reject this evil persecution by sending us straight back to the White House to expel the communists and the Marxists and all of them in 2024. We'll do it in short order. One thing I'll tell you what, I never, you know, I was in Washington 17 times in my life, they say, the fake news reports and so might not be true, but not much more than that. 17 times I never stayed over, and I wasn't aware too much of that particular society. It's a D.C. society, and I had to rely on a lot of people. Some were writers, but they gave me advice. And we had unbelievable people. We rebuilt our military. We got the tax cuts. We got so much. We did so much. But we had some I wouldn't have used. I would have liked to have had more powerful, stronger attorney generals. Uh, there were some people that I wouldn't have put. But here's the beauty of being there. I was there four years. I know the good ones. I know the strong ones. I know the loyal ones. I know the ones that love our country. When you go there and you weren't, number one, a politician, and number two, you were literally never in Washington, you have to, to a certain extent, rely on other people. And I take advice from, in a couple of cases, Dan. And I got great advice, including your son. That was good advice. He, his son was a great U.S. attorney, one of the best. But, you know, we get good advice, but you also get some advice. Right now, I know the good ones, and we know the bad ones, and we know the weak ones, and we know the strong ones. But we know the ones that love our country, because it's all about common sense and love. Never forget the very same people who are always after me are the ones throwing open your borders to millions and millions of illegal aliens. Nobody suffers more than this state. I watch on 
television the other day, people having homes are just being invaded. And the real number, in my opinion, you know, they like to say 4 million people, 3 million people, maybe every once in a while you hear 4 and a half. In my opinion, by the end of this year, it'll be 15 million people will have come into this country, not 4 million or 5 million, 15 million, which is bigger than New York State. But they're flooding your towns with deadly drugs, selling your jobs to China, mutilating your children. They're mutilating your children. Who would have thought 12 years ago a thing like that to say would be ridiculous? Nobody would know what you're even talking about. Setting fire to your life savings, releasing violent criminals to prey on innocent people. We have so many people pouring in and so many of these people are not the people you want coming into our country. Justice will only be done when we have thrown this repulsive political class the hell out of office. We have to get them out. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. And now I say to you again tonight, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And I took a lot of heat for this one. But I only mean it in the proper way for those who have been wronged and betrayed, of which there are many people out there that have been wronged and betrayed. I am your retribution. We will take care of you. We will take care of you. You could take the five worst presidents in American history and put them all together, and they would not have done the damage that Joe Biden has done to our nation in just two and a half short years what they've done to our nation just think of it what they've done to our nation the stakes of this election could not be more clear either we surrender to the demonic forces abolishing and demolishing and happily doing so our country or we defeat them in a landslide on november 5th 2024 the deep state destroys America or we destroy the deep state. That's the way it's got to be. We're at a very pivotal point in our country. Either we descend into a lawless abyss of open borders, rampant killings, super hyperinflation, which is what we have right now and not coming down, and festering corruption. Or we evict Joe Biden and the Democrats from the White House and we make America great again. We are thrilled to be joined by great friends of mine and Texas patriots who support us, many of whom are here tonight. We've gotten so many endorsements, it's incredible. Many of them are here. And I want to start with the head of our campaign, along with your great attorney general. But he's been a friend of mine for a long time, and uh, he he called up right after the election. He says, we got to do it again, sir. We have no choice. So I want to ask Dan Patrick, Patrick to please stand. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Great job, Dan. He's a great man. He loves, he loves this state, and he loves this country. Attorney General Ken Paxton. Thank you, Ken. Thank you very much. Representatives, Ronnie Jackson, love him, Texas, because he's special. He 
He's a doctor, he's an admiral, and he's a politician, a congressman. I said, which do you like best? I think he said, maybe being a doctor. But he gave me a cognitive test. You know, Ronnie Jackson in the White House. You know, they said, this guy is brilliant. He's going to destroy our country. He's taking it over lucky. Okay, that was about two weeks. They had all different narratives. Then they say, oh, he's dumb as a rock. Dumb as a rock. Then they say something else, he's in the middle. They had about 19 different narratives. I said to Ronnie Jackson, is there a test I can take to prove how smart I am? Well, sir, we have the so-and-so cognitive test that's given by Walter Reed. I said, well, is it tough? He said, actually, after the first few questions, it gets pretty tough. The problem is if you do badly, I don't know if we'll be able to shield it because, you know, it's sort of a public place. Other doctors see it. Other doctors are there when the test is given. I said, should I do it or not? And I did it. And you know what? I aced it. I'm all right. Some of them are tough. And you know, it was after that, it was after that that nobody called me stupid anymore. It was very hard. I never liked that narrative. I don't like the word stupid, but other people are very stupid. Another guy who's fantastic, Troy Nels. This guy is a warrior. He is a warrior. He's tough as hell. And somebody, I wish I had a future like this guy. You heard him speak before. I heard him from that very nice airplane that's behind us. I said, you know, I never knew you were that great a speaker. I've heard the word Wesley Hunt. He's a great speaker. Thank you. Thank you, Wesley. And by the way, these are all people that have endorsed me. Because if they didn't endorse me, I said, don't even come. I have a few said, sir, I love you. We're going to endorse you down the road. I said, that's okay. Don't bother coming. These people endorsed me. Michael Burgess just endorsed me. Thank you, Michael. Where's Michael? He's around here someplace. Pete Sessions, whose wife Karen is here. Where's Karen? Karen. Great. Say hello to Pete. Thank you very much. A great honor to have your endorsement. John Carter. Great guy. Great guy. John, thank you. Randy Weber. Randy, wherever you are, Randy, thank you for the endorsement. These are all the endorsers. The rest of them, I'm really not interested. You ever have these guys, sir? Thank you very much for the endorsement. A year later, you call. I said, I hear they're waiting with the endorsement, but they'll be waiting a long time. But we have mostly, almost everybody. A very special guy, great baseball player, great golfer, actually. I played golf with him. He's really terrific. But he's a very brave man. He went with Steve Scalise and some others in that horror show on the baseball field in Washington. And he's fully recovered, but he was uh, hurt pretty badly. He had a lot of courage, and he's a handsome sucker. If I was doing a movie, I'd probably pick him as my lead politician. Roger Williams is a great guy. Thank you, Roger. You're looking good, Roger. Another beautiful endorsement. I was very proud of it. Brian Babin. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Congressman. And Pat Fallon, too. And Beth Van Dyne. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Beth. Really great people and many others. Texas Land Commissioner Dawn Buckingham. That was another good one. Thank you, Dawn. Texas Agriculture Commissioner, friend of mine right from the beginning, Sid Miller. You know, when I was running in 2016, the first time I ever saw this guy, he had this big cowboy hat on. 
And I said, man, I wish I could get away with that, but I can't. You know, New York, it wouldn't work as well. At the time, New York. And uh, because of taxes and other things, because they're doing not a good job, we moved to Florida. And uh, it's, you know, really a big difference. Big difference. But, you know, you know, we have... Sid Miller was on television, and they, I don't know if you remember this, they were asking him a question on CNN fake news, and they said, uh, we understand the president is down in the polls, he's losing to crooked Hillary Clinton. And the first time I ever saw this guy, and he had that beautiful Texas accent, I do love, actually, I'd like to have it. But unlike some of the politicians, I don't do it while I'm with you. You have to take me as you... But she said, I don't know what polls you're looking at, but let me give you a little statement. Donald Trump is not losing Texas. He's not down in the polls. He's going to win in the landslide. And that's exactly what happened. And we won it twice in the landslide. We won it twice. And a fantastic person who's got a great future also is Congresswoman Myra Flores. So thank you very much. Thank you. Great. She ran a great race. But they're for me and I'm for them. And we're also joined by some people from out of state, people that are very quiet. You don't know too much about them. They keep a low profile like Matt Gates. I don't know what he's running for, but I'm with him. I have no idea because he's a smart cookie. He is a smart, tough guy, and we love him. I love him. Just got married to... Somebody that's actually far superior to him, right? Do we agree? He has a great wife. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't want to insult you by saying this, Marjorie, but on the plane I said, you know, people don't realize how brilliant she is. She was. <laughs> she just said, she's a badass. Now, these are two smart, great people. McLennan County GOP Chair Brad Holland. Brad. Great, Brad. Thank you very much. A friend of mine, Andy Beal. Andy Beal, Beal Bank. He is as smart as banker. He makes money if the market goes up, if the market goes down. He goes against it for it. I've never seen him yet. He's a big poker player, too, by the way. But Andy Beal is here someplace in the audience. He's one of the greatest businessmen in our country. He's one of the greatest bankers I've ever seen. So the Beal Bank. Contest winners, Gene and Lonnie Berndt. Where is Where are you? You won the contest. That's good. Congratulations. That's good. A man who every time I introduce him, you know, because I'm not looking, you know, to get him to sell pillows and things. But, you know, every time I introduce him, he gets the biggest applause, Mike Lindell. See what I mean? He does. Let me tell you, he's a brave guy. The FBI hit him, too, and they took your phones and stuff, right? Which to Mike is like taking his business, he tells me. But they just walked in, they took his phones for no reason. For no reason. He said, nothing to do with anything bad. And a man who's been a fan, and I watched him playing the guitar for a little while on the plane, Ted Nugent. Ted. Thank you, Ted. Great job. That's a great job, Ted. 
lot of fans. Together over four incredible years, we achieved more than virtually any administration in history. Every promise I made to you as a candidate, I fulfilled as your president. Promises made, promises kept. I promised to end NAFTA, and I did. Everybody said it would be impossible to end NAFTA, replacing it with the great USMCA that's Mexico, Canada. And let me just tell you, they want to renegotiate the deal. And I have great respect, by the way, for the head of Canada. He's a great gentleman. He's a great gentleman. And we worked very closely on the border. It was good for him, good for us. But we had a, a border that was virtually shut, not only to people that came in. If they come in legally, we like it. But it also, we had drugs that were literally one-tenth of what they are now. The drugs are pouring in. People talk about the people that are pouring in, but the drugs that are pouring into our country, killing everybody, killing so many people. That's another lie, Dan, because they keep talking about 100,000 people, 75,000 people. I've been hearing that number for 15 years. It's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, probably a half a million people, and nobody wants to say it. There's no army that could ever do damage to us like that's doing. I promised to appoint true conservative justices to the United States Supreme Court, and I did. I promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem, and I got it built. Not only did I do it, I got it built for a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the time. It was supposed to cost $2 billion. I got it built for $500,000. Is that so? We took an existing building, and I renovated it. And we got it built, and it's actually beautiful, old Jerusalem stone, very expensive stone, but in Jerusalem it didn't cost that much. I promised to rebuild our military, withdraw from the ridiculous Iran nuclear deal. Can you believe what's going on in Iran? And you see what's going on? They attacked us at 78 different locations. When I was president, they didn't attack us at all. They attacked us in 78 different locations. I promised to kill the unfair and ridiculous Paris Climate Accord where the United States was going to pay trillions of dollars and China, Russia, India weren't paying anything. And I achieved a thing called, which you like, energy independence, soon to be energy dominant. We're going to be energy dominant. For Texas, we would have had, you know, we have more liquid gold under our feet than any nation in the world. Does anyone know that? Nobody knows that. And I got Anwar approved in Alaska, and one of the first moves the Biden administration did. Ronald Reagan couldn't get it done. Nobody could get it done. Of course, Bush couldn't get it done. I don't know if he tried. But everybody tried to get it done. I got it done. We're all set. We're going to take out more. There would have been, we could have paid off debt. We would have made a fortune. As big as Saudi Arabia, probably. Anwar. And the first thing they did, first week, is they ended the Anwar deal that I made. And Alaska was getting all set to go to town. But I made these promises and more, and I kept every single one of those promises and many, many more than that. Now we're laying out a bold, fast-forward-looking vision for what we will do when we take the oath of office as the 47th president of the United States.
vice president, I will immediately end the invasion of our southern border. And all of those Texas ranchers, all of those great ranchers whose houses are being invaded, invaded. They never had anything like this. I saw somebody three, three days ago said, two years ago, the border was totally secure. We had no problem. You wouldn't see anything. And today it's a disaster. People knocking on our door and they want to knock the hell out of us. I built hundreds of miles of wall and completed that task totally as promised. And then I began to add even more wall in areas where it was needed. And I could have done it all in three more weeks, but Biden decided not to do it. And that's when I said, well, if he doesn't want to do it, then he actually wants to have open borders. That's when I first saw it, Dan. Under my leadership, we will seal it up and we will expand the wall even further. Walls do work. Remember, I used to say walls and wheels. They can come up with all the computers and everything they want. The two things that are going to work for a long time are walls and wheels. Other countries are emptying out their prisons and state asylums and mental institutions and sending their most heinous criminals to the United States. And who can blame them, right? Who can blame them? These are very smart people, the presidents and the heads of these countries. Presidents, prime ministers and dictators, I know them all. But they're very smart, very streetwise, and they're sending their criminals to live in the United States. We're talking about mental institutions and prisons. Think of it. And they're all coming in. I read a story recently where a doctor in a mental institution in a certain country in South America is saying, my whole life I've been so busy taking care of people, but now I have no people to take care of because they're all being sent into the United States. And I said... How stupid are we? How stupid are we? How stupid are we? We're going to be living with this for so long, but we're going to get as many as we can. We're going to get ice on the road because ice and border patrol, border patrol. Guys like Tom Holman, who I saw yesterday, is fantastic. You have some people at border patrol, I'll tell you. He's a... Uh, you're a leader at Border Patrol. I won't mention his name because I don't think he's supposed to be very political. But you got a great, that's right, you got a great band at Border Patrol. As president, I'll sign a massive increase in Border Patrol and a colossal increase in the number of ICE deportation officers. We're going to clean up our country. going to explain it up. These are great American heroes. Nobody knows about it. And, you know, I know some of the people in the first few rows of the tough guys, but they're not going to work for ICE. ICE will walk into MS-13. They call it a nest where guys will kill young girls. They kill two young 16-year-old girls with knives. They didn't want to use a gun because it's too fast. They're vicious, vicious people. And they killed them with knives. They carved them up and they died. Both of them, they were going to school. They were walking to school in Long Island. And they killed them. And these guys walk into those nests. They're walking and they're swinging and their fists are going and everything. They end up always standing up and carting them away. They take them in a paddy wagon, they call it. They take them away and they get them the hell out of our country. We couldn't get them out under Obama because the other countries wouldn't take them. They said, we're not going to take the people. So they'd clog up the airport. You couldn't land the plane. They'd clog up the roadway so the bus is taking really bad people back into Honduras and El Salvador. 
Guatemala, other countries. They wouldn't allow us to do it. So I said to them, well, how are we going to get them out? They said, well, sir, we can't get them out. We gave up years ago under the Obama administration because they won't take them back. I said, let me ask you a question. How much do we pay them in aid? Sir, we pay them $750 million a year. I said, tell them that as of tonight at 5 o'clock, they're not getting any more aid. Remember I did this, Dan? And the following morning at 8 o'clock, I get three calls almost simultaneously, separate but simultaneously. And they said essentially the same thing. Sir, we understand there's some difficulty with getting people back into our nation. We would be honored to take MS-13 with tattoos all over their face. We would be honored. We would be honored to take them back, sir. They are wonderful people. Please send as many as you would like, sir. Uh, when are we going to get the money? Are we going to get some money? But we don't use that. We don't talk that way in government because we have stupid people doing things. We will use all necessary state, local, federal, and military resources to carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. And Eisenhower did it. So we don't have to feel so bad, but Eisenhower was very, very strong on that. A lot of people don't know that. I will reinstitute Title 42 to keep sick people out of our country and to bring back remain in Mexico policy. You can't come in, you have to remain in Mexico. You think that was easy for me to get? And the first day they came in, they didn't want to do it. And even the judge ruled in our favor. I will ask every state and federal agency to identify every known or suspected gang member in America, and every one of them that is here illegally will be packed up and immediately taken out of our country and delivered to their country of origin. And before I even arrive at the Oval Office, shortly after I win the presidency, I will have the disastrous war between Russia and Ukraine settled. It would never have happened. I used to talk to Putin. I got along well with Putin. I used to talk to Putin about it. It's something he certainly had in his mind. I never even talked about it. For four years, you didn't even hear about it. As soon as I was out or left, or however you want to describe that catastrophe, they started putting soldiers on the border. But even then, he didn't want to do it. He wanted to get a piece. Now it looks like he'll end up probably getting the whole thing. But I've never seen anything like it. What's happened, and if you saw the other day with President Xi, smart, top of his game. President Putin, smart, very smart people. Standing there talking about the world order for the next 100 years. That's one of the saddest things you can imagine. One of the saddest. I'm proud to be the only president in decades who did not start a new war. Everyone said, oh, he's going to start He's going to start a new war. And it's no coincidence that the deep state is coming after me even harder since I pledged to swiftly end the war in Ukraine. So when I say end it, I'm going to get a settlement very quickly. And I know both people, and you can get it very, very quickly. You can only do it through the presidency, but you control the money coming in, coming out. You can get that. I will have that settlement done within 24 hours. Standing before you today, I am the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent World War III, which we're heading into.
which we're heading into. We're heading into World War III, and this will be a war like no other. Not only is Biden courting nuclear holocaust, he's blowing up the U.S. economy with the Biden banking crisis, a disaster of historic proportions. There's no reason for that either. There's no reason for inflation. You know what caused inflation? Energy. He restricted energy. He made it impossible to get. It went through the roof. See, it went through the roof. Energy went through the roof, and with it came inflation. As president, I will end the inflation nightmare and rebuild the greatest economy in the history of the world, just like we had it before. And I will reclaim our energy independence and energy dominance as we had just a few short years ago. Proud Texas energy workers will once again be pumping, producing, and refining Texas oil and gas to turn America into the number one energy superpower on Earth. We had it there. We had it. We were doing more than Saudi Arabia, but we were number one. I would have been bigger than both of them combined in a short period of time, and then they did what they've done. I will protect, unlike the sanctus, Social Security, and Medicare for our great seniors, defending them from both the radical left and the Paul Ryan Republican establishment. I will revoke China's most favored nation status. I will implement a four-year plan to phase out all Chinese imports of essential goods and gain total independence from China, which we don't have right now. And I will hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. So many people are there. I will immediately sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity, and other racial, sexual, or political content on our children. I will fight for parents' rights, including universal school choice and the direct election of school principals by the parents. If any principal is not getting the job done, the parents should be able to vote to fire and select someone else who will get the job done. We will defeat the cult of gender ideology to reassert that God created two genders, male and female. Thank you. promoting the disfigurement of our youth and ask Congress to send me a bill prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50 states. And we will keep men out of women's sports. I will not give one penny to any school that is a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. Just as we did before, we will protect innocent life and defend free speech. I will support a constitutional amendment to put term limits on members of Congress. And I will move heaven and earth to fully secure our elections. Our goal will be one day voting with all paper ballots. Very simple.
But until that day comes, Republicans must compete using every lawful means to win. We have to do it. This election is everything. We're not going to have a country left if we don't win this election. This agenda will end America's destruction at the hands of Biden and the radical left Democrats. But it's not enough just to stop the forces tearing down America. It's time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Our objective will be a quantum leap in American standards of living. We will hold a competition to build new freedom cities throughout our country, giving countless Americans a new shot at home ownership and a real shot at the American dream. We will build new monuments to our great American heroes. We won't tear them down. We'll build them up. Clean out homeless camps from our inner cities. Get rid of ugly buildings that are hurting those cities and other places. And return to the magnificent classical style of Western civilization. We will support baby bonuses. So many people like that for the new baby boom that will be coming. We need babies. All of this is within our reach as long as we have the courage to stick together. Stand firm against all attacks and see this mission through to ultimate victory. In conclusion, our MAGA movement is the greatest political movement in the history of our country. Together, we are taking on some of the most menacing forces and vicious opponents our people have ever seen, some of them from within. But no matter how hateful and corrupt the communists and criminals we're fighting against may be, you must never forget this nation does not belong to them. This nation belongs to you. Belongs to you.
but now we are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in 50 years where banks are collapsing and interest rates are far too high. Likewise, we are a nation where energy costs have reached the highest in our history. We're no longer energy independent or energy dominant as we were just three short years ago. We're a nation that is begging Venezuela and many others for oil. Please, please, please help us, Joe Biden says. And yet we have more liquid gold right under our feet than any other country. We are a nation that is consumed by the radical left's Green New Deal. Yet everyone knows that the Green New Deal will lead to our destruction. We are a nation whose leaders are demanding all electric cars, even though they can't go far, cost too much, and whose batteries are produced in China with materials only available in China when an unlimited amount of gasoline is available inexpensive in the United States of America, but is not available in China. We are a nation that ended oil exploration and production in the United States, just as the price of oil reached an all-time high. What other country would do such a thing? We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment anywhere in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. It would never have happened with me as your commander-in-chief, and for four straight years, it didn't happen. China and Taiwan will be next. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've got a federal Bureau of Investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public, and which offers $1 million to a writer of fiction about Donald Trump to lie and say it was actually fact. We're Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. Was Russian disinformation, and the FBI knew it wasn't. And the Department of Justice that refuses to investigate egregious acts of voting irregularities and fraud. And we have a man who is the worst president in the history of our country, who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to lead, and is now casually talking about nuclear war with Russia. He has no idea what he's even talking about. This war would be World War III, and far more devastating than any of the previous world wars because of the weaponry that no one even wants to think about or discuss. We are a nation that no longer has a free 
and fair press. Fake news is all you get, and they are the enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant and out of control like never before. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon would have never happened, and China to use the trillions of dollars it has taken from us to build a military that will rival our own. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, and North Korea in check. They weren't going to do a thing against us, and everyone knows it. Now Russia and China are united and holding summits to carve up the world. And perhaps most importantly, we are a nation that is no longer respected or listened to on the world stage. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty, freedom, and faith. We are a nation whose economy is collapsing, whose supply chain is broken, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the very bottom of every single list. We are a nation where large packs of sadistic criminals and thieves are allowed to go into stores and openly rob them, beat up and kill their workers and customers, and leave with armloads of goods, but with no retribution, where the authority of our great police has been taken, where their families and pensions have been threatened, and their lives would be destroyed for the mere mention of the words law enforcement. We are a nation where fentanyl and all other forms of illegal drugs are easier to get than formula for our beautiful little babies. A nation where once revered airports are dirty, they're a crowded mess. You sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the plane won't leave and they have no idea when it will. Where ticket prices have tripled, they don't have the pilots to fly the planes, they don't seek qualified air traffic controllers, and they just don't know what the hell they are doing. We are a nation that has lost its confidence, its willpower, and its strength. We are a nation that has lost its way, but we are not going to allow this horror to continue. Two years ago, we were a great nation, and we will soon be a great nation again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. going to finish what we started. With you at my side, we will totally obliterate the deep state. We will banish the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalists and we will cast out the communists and Marxists. We will throw off the corrupt political class 
We will beat the Democrats. We will rout the fake news media. We will stand up to the rhinos and we will defeat Joe Biden and every single Democrat. We will liberate America from these villains and tyrants who are looking to destroy our country. No matter what they throw at us, no matter what they do to us, we will not bend, we will not break, we will not yield. We will never give in, we will never give up, we will never ever back down. We will complete the mission, we will cross the finish line. We will demolish tyranny and we will rescue freedom, liberty, and justice. And we will restore the American Republic to all of its greatness and glory greater than ever before. My fellow citizens, this incredible journey we are on together has only just begun. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one nation under God. With your help, your prayers, your vote, and your unwavering love for this country, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again, and we will make America great again. Thank you, Texas. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is Jenny Hatch, and when President Trump first announced that he was going to run for the Republican primary back in 2015, I didn't know much about him. I'm not much of a TV watcher, so I'd never watched The Apprentice, or I didn't know much about him as an individual. But I was impressed that he had used his power to compel Barack Obama to bring forth some some form of a birth certificate when he had not done so to that point. It was quickly proven a fake, but it was Trump who sort of demanded it with the help of Rudy Giuliani, and so I was impressed that he could wield that kind of power in that situation. And time will tell and prove that Barack Obama was never legit, never authentic, and he came in lying, saying that he was a anti-war populist and ran seven wars during his eight years. So he's he's been exposed as a fraud over and over and over again. And I was appreciative that after watching the eight years of his presidency, feeling incredibly demoralized, 
Uh, I was one of the early Tea Party activists in Colorado. Um, that President Trump was willing to speak out despite all the hate that was shoved on him at the time and still continues to this day. And then he and Rand Paul were the only candidates during that Republican primary who spoke up publicly for parental rights around vaccination and that parents themselves should be the ones to decide whether or not their kids were vaccinated. So I had determined then, because I was kind of a one-issue voter, um, that I was going to vote for whichever of those two won the nomination. And so when President Trump uh, easily dispatched all the other candidates, remember Jeb, please clap, um, I determined that I was going to vote for him. But soon after that, uh, I had a spiritual experience. One day I was just praying and I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit that the Lord wanted me to support Donald Trump and his candidacy in a very public and obvious way on my blog, on all of my social media, and that he would be a powerful president, he would be elected, and that he would um, help to expose so much that's off in our nation in terms of the establishment, the power that the establishment wields, the deep state, and that he would help restore a republic. So for me, it wasn't just his speeches or his former life. It was this challenge from my Heavenly Father to openly support him that started me down the path that I've stayed on solidly for the last seven years. I've never wavered in my support for him. I lost relationships. I lost um, a lot because of my unwillingness to bend to uh, various people who I deeply respect and love in my support for never ending support for President Trump. So once again, I wholeheartedly endorse him on this 30th anniversary anniversary of the Waco massacre, one of the big first big scandals of the Clinton presidency and Janet Reno and the murder of innocents that took place here in Texas. Um, I'm grateful that his rally today has shined some light on that wickedness. And I plan to uh, stay stalwart and strong until the end of his presidency in 2028, because I know he's going to be elected again. And so um, as a American woman, a mother, a grandmother, a wife, a friend, a podcaster, a blogger, a writer, a musician, and just a person. I endorse Donald Trump for president for 2024 and look forward to him easily dispatching anyone who comes at him in any way, shape or form and um, look forward to him being inaugurated and placed right back in the presidency again. And it will be a glorious day in American history when that happens. So thank you for stopping by. This was a epic speech over an hour and looks like 40 minutes. So go President Trump, go. Thanks for 
tuning in and I hope you have a great day.